joining me for another episode of Jackman Radio. And I'm really excited tonight. Got an awesome guest on. I've been wanting to bring him on for a while. I've been on his show a couple times. I've, I've been out to his estate in Michigan. Um, a brilliant <laughs> comedian, funny guy, uh, my cousin, and all around just a cool dude, Bob Phillips. Bob, how you doing, man? Cuz, I couldn't be better. Thanks for having me on the show. I've been waiting to, to do this, and I'm glad you finally got a slot for me. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, you've had me on Sal and Bob. He's, he's the host of a show called Sal and Bob with his uh, partner in crime and another funny guy from Michigan, Sal D'Amelio. I think I, I think I said that. Very right. funny guy. I think I said that. D'Amelio. You did. Sal was just at the uh, uh, the comedy castle in Royal Oak. So I went out there to uh, take in a Sal D'Amelio show and have a couple of pops and we nice. had fun. <laughs> it's 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 fun when you can go support your boys when they're performing oh, yeah. and, and you're not like do up that night and you're not you're not don't have to do any performance or anything and you can just be in the crowd i yeah. enjoy that i do too i do too it's fun not yeah. having anything to do but enjoy the laughs and yes. take notes and send him texts while he's up there you blew this joke oh, yeah. uh, oh, you, you missed that punchline now <laughs> yeah you're awful no go in the bathroom and send him a selfie while you're peeing a dick pic you know <laughs> while you're peeing from the bathroom uh, but no, uh, no, none of that would be complete without a little hijinks oh oh absolutely so yeah we've uh we've done a couple shows together bob um you flew out from michigan to boston um yes in new hampshire big fun oh so much fun man and um we did a a live podcast show here in Peterborough where I live and you opened that for us. And I think we had about 80 people there and that was, that was a yep. cool event. And then the following yep. year um, you came out and we headlined the Rockwell theater in Somerville in Davis square. Yeah. That was yeah. one of Great my Trump, time. Trump shows. That was so cool, man. It was so cool to, to, to headline that theater with you and Mike and be there. And um, well, you know, I loved it because I got to do my bit and I think I did like a half hour up front, something like that. And then I got to watch you and Mike do the real show, the one that you had, you know, put together. And, um, you know, it was you were pulling out all the stops and all the tricks were laid bare. It was it was so fun to watch. Yeah, that was cool. Mike, Mike uh, put on his uh, Michael Moore hat and then he was Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was so funny. He's watching the, the audience members. Um, when you see a really good impression like both of you do, both of you and, and you're not out doing like 10 others that are half baked. The ones you do are dead nuts. And I'm watching from the wings as you guys are going into your impressions and just watching people like like punching each other going, oh, you hear it? Yeah, they get it and they and because yeah. they're hearing, you know, a really good impressionist. So it was fun to watch. Thanks. Yeah, it's 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 always been our bread and butter, man. We have, you know, like a half dozen really good impressions that we do and they're always evolving. They have to change with the times. They have to change with that person's repertoire. You know, like yeah. the, fur the further hard right Mel Gibson gets, the more that I have to read Triumph, uh, watch Triumph of the Will to get his shtick down, you know? Yeah. <laughs> get, get, get the right rhetoric from Mel Gibson. You know, the, the, cra the crazier uh, Charlie Sheen gets, you know? I have to, have, to, have to work on Charlie Sheen talking about winning in Tiger Blood, bro. But, <laughs> but I got a great story about Charlie Sheen. Um, this was related to me by a friend of Mark Maron's, who um, I know well. I don't know Mark well, but I know this friend of his. And um, when Sheen was doing that nutso uh, Tiger Blood tour and whatever the hell that was, it was just this, he was on a manic high. That's what he was. 
And I, and I know that because I've, I've had several manics in my life and I know exactly what they're doing and why they're doing it. He's just literally pinging off the walls. He had no plan. He had nothing written. He had no structure whatsoever. And Mark Marin was paid 50 grand. Charlie Sheen paid him 50 grand to write a show, to write an act for him, to take on the road. And he didn't, he, he paid the money, but he didn't use any of it. Wow. Really? Yeah. 50 large. Holy shit. Yeah. And it was, and I, and I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm good on that number. I may be, I may be a little off, but anyway, the point was that there was no controlling in this guy. There was no helping him. He was just so out of his mind. You had one of the best comic minds uh, trying to corral him and, and, uh, and say, Hey, say these funny things. <laughs> and he just wouldn't, he just made an ass of himself on stage after stage. Yeah, that was the Violent Torpedo of Truth Tour in 2011. Yeah. That's what yeah. it was called. That was 10 years ago. Ten, wow. That fucking decade ago, the warlock was created. Well, I mean, what you're Crazy. seeing is you are, right, exactly. You're seeing a manic meltdown of someone who who found out they have HIV. Yeah. It is what, yep. it, what it is. He went to war with the studio heads um, at CBS over two and a half men. Yeah. He nuked that. You know, he uh, he had a fight <laughs> with uh, um, Chuck Lorre. Yeah. And he, but, but he called him, no, your real name's Chime Levine, bro. Okay. That's your real name. You know, and then that, uh, you know, that, that was a whole back and forth. He's like, my real name is Carlos Estevez. Okay. You can uh -huh. call me Carlos Estevez, Chime Levine. But we uh, yeah, burn that bridge, mm -hmm. go back, blow it up again, uh, stomp down the ashes into powder, and then set fire to that. that that's what this guy did. What a, yeah. what a nutso uh, period of uh, his life. Oh, it was, it was surreal. It was, none of us could look away though. Like I'll, I'll be honest. That's actually the year I got on Twitter. So I, I got on Twitter because of Charlie Sheen in, mm. in 2011 and I couldn't, I couldn't look away. I don't think anyone could. Yeah. No, it was, it was no. crazy. Yeah. Winning the, the, uh, the person woman uh, interviewing him. She's like, uh, some people say that you're bipolar. He's like bipolar. I'm by winning. I win here and I win there. Now what, you know, <laughs> I'm, by winning. I'm by, yeah, I'm he's by. not winning any. I wonder if he's winning those lawsuits that have been filed against him, yeah. you know, for subjecting his partners to AIDS and various other. Oh, uh, that's like attempted murder. STDs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Sheen, Sheen's a bad, he's a bad dude. I mean, drugs. Uh, yeah. You know, there's there's reports of him shaking people down, having people beat up, beaten up in the drug world. Oh, out I didn't there know that. OK, yeah. that's shitty. Oh yeah, no. There's you know there's... if you're gonna if you're gonna do your weirdness and uh, you know confine it to your mansion and you know bang porn stars and whatever, yeah. fine, whatever. Everybody's a consent consenting adult, but don't don't send people out to hurt other people. Hey, you know what? I'm sorry to ask you this. I gotta backstop this blasted camera. Oh yeah. Um, sure. uh, give me just one second. What a, what a time to do this right in the middle of a show. But <laughs> I got it's not gonna get any better until I do this. Hold on. No problem. You know, we, we're always improvising, you know, it's all about improvising. Yeah, life. yeah, we are. Yes, we are. We're always improvising. Now, what do you, you say, funny man, about improv? Just take away the E? <laughs> just put an E on it um, and be done with it. Put, put the E, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I can't spell. How's that better? Look, I think I look better. Oh, you, you look already that. look $10 million better than Bob. I think I do. I feel better. You, and, you, uh, you, you, took, you took a mood stabilizer. Yeah, I feel stable, mood-wise. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely stable in the mood. Um, yeah, I mean, the Charlie Sheen thing was pretty unbelievable. And, um, you know, it just shows you how freaky that whole world is. And and I, yeah. I actually, I just watched a documentary about um, that gal who played Punky Brewster. 
Soleil Moonfry. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's had another show, right? That's been on for a few years. Um, I'm not sure what she's up to now. But this, so she like filmed everything from the age of like eight, nine, ten years old on. And she had she, herself filmed? You mean like... she, she held a camera and she had her friends oh, hold the okay. camera, like All a right. handheld, okay. and she just filmed everything. And okay. she had like hours and hours of tapes that she hadn't looked at in like 30 years. And um, she dug them all up for this documentary to just kind of like look back on her life and look back on the people around her. And uh, Charlie Sheen pops up and she had dated Sheen when she was like 18 or 19 and hmm. kind of says in the documentary that she had lost her virginity to Charlie Sheen. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I, you know, I, you... I'm automatically sympathetic and I feel sorry for her. <laughs> but it was it's on just hulu. busting out with that okay yeah it's on hulu and um it was it was it was worth the watch it was pretty interesting i remember punky brewster as a kid but um yeah you know. she's on another show now uh she has been for a couple of years as an adult and, and i don't i maybe it's a punky or uh i don't know whatever i never watched that show when it was on i just yeah, i knew she had a funny name you right. know, she had two funny names soleo moonfry becomes punky brewster you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she, she talks about how, you know, coming of age, she had, she actually got breast reduction surgery, which is, oh, uh, that's, great, that's rare for Hollywood, great, a great line from super bad. He's like getting those, your boobs reduced is like slapping God in the face, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. Yeah. Why yeah. would you do that? <laughs> right. So yeah, I watched, I watched that recently. So part, part of our discussion today, Bob, I just wanted to get into your background as a comedian and what, yeah. like when you started in comedy um, and what inspired you to do it and who were some of your influences? I started this uh, 20 years ago and uh, I wasn't, uh, I felt like, uh, I mean, I was much younger then, obviously we all are younger 20 years ago. But uh, I felt kind of like an old man then because I was, uh, you know, 40. I'm pushing 60 now. So I started late. Um, and I, I, I was very fortunate to fall in with some folks here in Detroit. Very funny people, people that were doing shows every weekend all around the state and then going down to Ohio and Indiana and Illinois. And uh, so I didn't, have, I didn't have to do that whole... Um, you know, that never ending open mic thing. I, I got, I did a couple of those and then I did a couple of contests, things like that. And then I was, you know, went on the road with these other folks and became an MC and opened for them. Um, a lot of people over the you know first few years and got experience that way. So I felt very fortunate to be able to do it in a, in a paid setting, you know, because you learn, you learn really quickly that, you know, an open mic is to go up and work on your stuff and obviously you want it to be funny and entertaining. That's the job of a comedian. But for yourself, you, you, want, to, you want to do something new that you're not quite sure is going to work. And so you, you know, that, that's what those settings are for. But when you're getting paid, you got to bring the funny. And I learned that very early on by some of the people I worked with. They, they taught me that right up front. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It kind of brings it to a new level when people are willing to part with their money for you because you're now a professional. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I remember, um, and it, this is my friend, it is, and I don't know if you can attribute this to anybody. It's been around so long, but I remember just like a few shows in and somebody wasn't getting laughs. And, um, 
and somebody one of the I think I think the owner of the restaurant was threatening not to pay this group that had gone in there. You know, there was like three or four of us. And uh, somebody, you know, one of the older pros, uh, well, no, he's, he's not, he's actually younger than me, but he'd been at it much longer, a fellow named Bill Bouchard, one of the funniest guys in the country. He goes, always remember, it's show business. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's back here forever. The business end is bigger. Yeah, yeah. It, it dictates a lot of what happens. And, it, and, yeah. and if you don't have that savvy or you don't have people around you who, have that in the forefront and, and kind of always have it ever present you, you get yeah. eaten alive man well yeah i mean look at okay you put on sort of an experimental show twice when i when i came out to work with you and mike and each time it was wonderful you guys really knew what you were doing um you hadn't done a lot of shows but you instinctively knew how to uh take you know the show from where i left off and take it in another direction and take it higher and I just sat back and marveled at that because so much of it was new. I mean, it's never been done before. And uh, you guys were ballsy as hell and you pulled it off twice. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, Cambridge, uh, Somerville, Mass is a very, very liberal uh, <laughs> hmm. city, town. I mean, Cambridge all down there in Boston. And um, you're going in there dressed like Donald Trump and you're going to be doing Alex Jones and doing that. There's, there's already like a preconceived idea of what the thing's going to be. And, yeah. and I think what, what kind of like gets a lot of people or maybe surprises people that that is so different is that Mike and I, we, we lampoon and make fun of everyone politically, even the politicians we agree with or political trains mm -hmm. of thought. I know you that, do. You're very even-handed about that. Yeah. So it's not like going down just to bitch slap one side and make one side look stupid. I mean, because really the big picture, the whole thing is stupid. So yeah. you have to, <laughs> yes. you have because to Because it's politics. It's inherently stupid. It is. It is. Uh, uh, Roger Stone always said, um, what did he say? He said, politics is Hollywood for ugly people. Yeah. He was right. One of the smartest and things he, he ever and, said. And one of the ugliest people. He, uh, uh, yeah. he is. I, every time I see him, he's got that stupid derby and those glasses. He looks like he's, he's, he's going to shut down the orphanage in a little rascal's flick. He's such a fucking... I just dropped it. That, we that we cool can swear. Oh okay. fuck! You can say what say whatever you want. This is okay. the free speech zone, he's, Bob. Infowars.com. He, he's the worst piece of shit on the planet. No, he <laughs> would be the worst piece of shit on the planet if Trump didn't exist. Oh, the, so. big, the big orange turd. I know. Uh, I, I know you love me, Bob. You love me, and I know you miss yeah. me. I know he, you miss me. His anus mouth out there. Yeah, the orang. I call it the puckered orangutan butthole. You know. Uh, you gotta, you gotta do what it is. But uh, yeah, he um, he he inspired a lot. He inspired a lot over the last four years. We had Roger Stone on our podcast. He was that was an interesting guest. We did wait, wait. When did you have Roger Stone? Why didn't so, I know this? So this was before the MAGA revolution. This was like proto MAGA. So it was, I think it was early 2015. No kidding. Yeah, we did a phoner with him. He called in. I think he was probably at some massage parlor in Florida with Bob Kraft or something. <laughs> I don't know where he was, but burying a body somewhere. <laughs> yeah, or putting a dildo up his ass, shaped like Richard Nixon, oh. some, something like that. You know, you know, he has a Nixon oh. tattoo on his back. I know he does. What a what a freak reprobate what? weirdo. And he he uh, he loans his wife out too, right? Oh yeah, he's big into being cucked. He's, he's yeah. a big, he's yeah. a big he's, time. Cuck. He's the guy that holds the camera in the corner of the motel room while his yeah. wife is getting railed by, you know, six uh, guys that are just out of jail. 
<laughs> exactly. Like uh, like Jerry Falwell Jr. with the pool boy. Oh, that, that's incredible. Another man. one. When that broke. Yeah, by the that, way, I I really uh, I I just I just I'm working in this show. I just had an open uh, schedule uh, because my time with Becky was canceled. Uh, she's uh, she's had enough today apparently. Oh oh okay. The other, <laughs> the other show you were going to do. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was my time with Becky Falwell. Yeah, you were, you were going to yeah. do a show there at I, the uh, at Liberty University yeah. with her. <laughs> yeah, I get her on Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that so like they they had a pool boy thing going, and then yeah. her son had a band. And one night when the band was staying over for practice, like Becky wandered into the room of one of her son's friends. Yeah, and I think threw down a bead or something. Which it's like, why? Why was I not in this band? Where, where, where was this band when I was fucking like 19, 20 years old? I don't old? know. I don't know. But I, uh, I, the whole thing. It's not. It's beyond. You know, the word tawdry is good, but it doesn't quite get it for these people and what they do with their lives and what they do with their their money and their opportunities in life. It's like really. This is what you're going to do. You're going to rent your wife out. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, you, you, you just, you center your whole life judging other people for their lifestyles and what they choose to do. And then behind yeah. Yeah. closed doors, you make those other people look like nuns or like Disneyland, <laughs> you know, with your kinks I, and I, the freaky, the freaky hypocritical <laughs> shit that you do in your own life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, they're it, just such a bunch of, it, and Trump gave rise to all of these people. Now they were always out there. He didn't create them. No. Let's be honest about that. He is them and they are he, uh, but he didn't create them. He gave them license to rise up out of the shitholes that they were living in, you know, and, and talk, you know what I mean? This is uh, that, you know, they were, they were scurrying around with the worms and the filth. And then, uh, you know, the biggest shithead of them all became president. So they're like, okay, let's Trump, go. Trump doesn't win without the even hard evangelical right people. Yeah, yeah. Like so that, strange. like the Falwells of the world. You know, and Mike Pence, that's why I have to give Trump credit for the brilliant, shrewd pick of Mike Pence, because yeah. Pence legitimized Trump in the eyes of all those people. Because, sure you know, when you look at those people, they, they just, they love to be taken for a ride by grifters and charlatans and hucksters. Like that's... Oh, they that's what that world is, man. And Trump, Trump is the world's biggest grifter and charlatan and, and, and fucking, I don't want to say used car salesman because my father, God rest his soul. That's what he did for 20 years. You know? Yeah. That's a good, honest living. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It gives car used car salesman a bad name, but um, mm -hmm. you know, Trump, Trump was like, he, he was the, he's the apex of that. And he attached himself. He went out to Iowa with the Bible I love this book, the Bible. It's the second greatest book next to Art of the Deal. Okay. <laughs> the, the second edition, uh, New Testament. I like the passage, yeah. Genesis, where it says, make a lot of money, bang your hot daughter. That's my favorite verse. And they yeah. just all, they just like all, <laughs> they ate it up, man. They oh, ate it yeah, up. they did. And he, they both yeah. legitimized each other. So they, they, they rode him into power, man. And then once he was in power, he gave them everything they wanted. Yeah. And uh, so now we're dealing with that fallout and we will be for quite some time. Um, yeah. You know, that my, my biggest fear is that. Uh, and I and I, you know, look, Biden was not my choice. He, he would never have been my choice for president were it not for four years of Trump. Right. Biden was the antidote to that. We needed to calm the hell down, get back to traditional bullshit politics <laughs> instead of this crazy every five seconds on Twitter, 
bullshit yeah. politics, you know? Right. But my, my fear is that, um, that this administration won't do well and won't do what their uh, promise they would do. And then there's going to be this clamoring, you know, in two years and back in the campaign for, for Trump or somebody like him. And it's like, this is such a crucial time now. He, they've got to do well. Biden has to do well to prevent that. Yeah. And just for everybody, for the country. You know what I mean? Oh, no, definitely. And you're right. I can see it coming back, but coming back on steroids because mm. Biden and these people will miss an opportunity to do a lot of good things and to yeah. like put the crazy at bay and, yeah. and uh, kind of, I don't know, put things back on track historically where they've always been. But uh, yeah, I could see DeSantis rising to the top like a fart bubble out of Florida. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what he looks like to me right now. Just just hovering. He's he's uh, he's another mook. Yeah, DeSantis. I mean, yeah, he's he's hanging out at Mar-a-Lago with the king. And there, there's definitely they're vibing with each other big time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're vibing. He's, and, he's uh, a great guy, Bob. He's a great leader. He's a great leader. I know. I, I noticed that he stays away from uh, Marjorie three names. Oh, because oh she she's fucking insane. She's she makes Trump look like you know Noam Chomsky. You know? Yeah, <laughs> she, she is. Well, you know, the thing is, she you, you know exactly what she is. She's she's a woman, a, a politician. You know, it was, she's a first timer, right? This is this her is, first office. She, yeah, she she was a uh, like a fucking gym gym rat. She was a yeah. She okay. was an adul- adulter in the showers at gyms. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she was banging uh, two other dudes in yeah. the hometown where she and her yeah. husband and, and nice, children live. Nice so gal. She's a, you know, she's what a scamp. What a <laughs> Oh. So she she's completely out of her mind and she has no responsibility. She's got no committee assignments. They've stripped her of that. So she just she's just this person. She's a megaphone and it's all about her. She's just got to keep saying and doing and saying and doing to keep herself in the limelight. It doesn't matter if it's crazy. It doesn't matter if it's offensive and disgusting. This is her MO. That's all she is. She yeah. and now she's out. Uh, what, are, what? And I'm not. I'm not a fan of AOC either. But I think she's a AOC is a principled woman, as opposed to Marjorie Three Names. You know. Well, yeah. She's a if Taylor Green's out there with Matt Gates on their rodeo clown tour. Yeah, country. Yeah, I, I uh, hope they come through. If they come through New Hampshire, I, I got to go see them. Like there won't be a, there won't be a better comedy show around here, Bob. Than that, oh, I know. You know it's it's so funny. But uh, yeah, I mean AOC. I kind of look at AOC like an actress. She she had a real opportunity um, when Pelosi was up for speakership again to leverage her position to force a vote on Medicare for all. I mean, that's an issue that I you know I think is important, and I would love to see America pass it. Um, so she didn't do anything. Too. She didn't force a vote, yeah. and she That's just surprising. Why? Why do? Why do you think she didn't do that? She acquiesced to Pelosi, and she didn't even get a committee assignment that she. I think Pelosi dangled in front of her if she held off on forcing a hmm. vote on Medicare. I don't know. I mean, she talked a big game, and she got in there like she was going to be a disruptor and something different and a progressive firebrand. And you know what it is? She's probably probably what happens is you become intoxicated by the popularity, the money, the celebrity getting on the cover of all these magazines, as opposed to actually doing the job of a legislator and doing yeah, the bidding she, of the people. She succumbed to the political game. Yeah. And it, yeah. Well, it's, it's easy. It's it easy to, to happen. Yeah. We're all human, yeah. man. And, you know, I could say what I would do if I got in there, but I'm not in there. So you only know until you arrive at the show. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. Until, you, yeah, until you get in the show. Until you get and, there and, and someone dangles half a million dollars in front of you or wants to buy yeah. your vote. or And if you try to do the right thing, you get run out of town. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, like I said, I, I don't agree with a lot of what she says and does, but she's a principled person. And I appreciate that because she's not up there lying and acting like a lunatic, like these people yeah. on the right. She's, she's got some ideas, um, you know, and, but, but you're right. I think uh, somebody's uh, sanded the uh, edges off of her now because yeah. she's taking the money. She's, mm -hmm. she's getting the idea, you know, she's getting the, um, uh, what it is to be a comfy uh, politician uh, that's yeah. in with the, the cool nice, kids. It's a nice life. <laughs> yeah. You really, yeah, have, you really nice don't life. do much. You really don't do much, yeah. man. You go on the Let's the talk Sundays. about what's not a nice life. I, this is apropos of nothing, but I wanted to tell you, you asked me like what kind of movies I'm watching. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't know why I did this. I didn't, I thought I don't have enough. I don't have enough um, uh, degradation and uh and despair in my life so i i watched midnight cowboy again yesterday <laughs> okay yeah um john voight right john voight yes and dustin hoffman as ratso rizzo i uh I, <laughs> I like i said this is apropos of nothing i just watched it and uh i just i wanted to just say uh if you are in a good mood and life is going great for you and you want to tamp that shit down <laughs> Watch Midnight Cowboy. <laughs> is, is, does that have uh, Nielsen in the soundtrack? Everybody's talking. Yep. Everybody's talking at me. Talking yep. at me. Trump ain't yep. hear a word they're saying. Only yep. the echoes of Rosie's farts. <laughs> Another iconoclast, uh, Harry Nelson. Very, yeah. uh, very uh, underrated. You know, go his went his own way in in his career. Yeah, you, you know what he was before a, a famous rock star. No idea. He was a banker. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. Yep. He was a banker. And I have to believe Nielsen never performed after he blew up. I don't think he ever did a live show or tour. Is that right? Yeah. He, it he, was just. He hated it. Okay. But uh, he had the legend. He partied with John Lennon and Ringo in uh, L.A. during John Lennon's Lost Weekend. Wow. Okay. Well, everybody else revered him. I mean, he's always one of these guys that it's brought up as, you know, huge influences in, in more popular uh, artists' lives. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, he was, he was the guy. You know, he never made it huge. Well, I, he got pretty big, but nothing like the Beatles, obviously. Right. Yeah. He, okay. So he toured a couple times and he played with Ringo's All Star Band. So. I, wait a minute. I didn't know that. He played with Ringo's band? Yeah, I'm getting uh, Mike's, Mike's uh, feeding me some, some intel here. He okay. said he didn't really tour. Did he performed a few shows. He played the Ringo's all-star band. He was also close to Mickey Dolenz from the Monkees, and he was in with the Hollywood Vampires Drinking Club, that scene. Oh, and, uh, okay, all right. I read somewhere, <laughs> I don't know how this is possible, but Ringo has something like Maybe Mike can look it up while we're doing this because I don't have a monitor here. I want to say Ringo has over 30 solo albums. Oh, so that's that's he uh, has more albums than the Beatles had. How is that? You might not be wrong. Maybe it's maybe 20s or th yeah, but it's a crazy number. You're like, wait a minute, I, I don't know any of these, you know. Maybe the one in 70, you know, right after they broke up when he was doing You're 16. Yeah, beautiful in your mind. Yeah, that's the Jeffrey yeah. Epstein theme song. Yeah. 
<laughs> it should be more like you're 13, you're beautiful in your mind. Oh. Can you imagine that song back then? You, you couldn't sing that song now. Oh, no, it's so cringe now if you were to sing that. So Mike informs me, Bob, that Ringo has 18 solo albums. 18, okay. Isn't which, that crazy? Which How many the Beatles have? Or he's saying maybe 22. 18 or 22. The Beatles put okay. out, was it 10 albums? It was less than Ringo had. <laughs> yeah, how the hell did Ringo come out with 18 to 22 solo albums? I don't know. <laughs> he just did, he did new versions of Photograph in every album. <laughs> yeah, Ringo is, uh, he's 80 now. He's going to be 81 in July. And I, I love the guy. I'm, oh. I've never been a big fan of his music or the all-star band, but I love the man. He's so positive and he's so fun on every uh, talk show he's ever been on. And uh, and he and he lives that you know that peace and love thing. He really does. Love. Yeah, he's he's always yeah. yeah he's, well, I mean, he went on Howard Stern, and Howard, you know, being the crass kind of guy, he is point blank asked him, "How much you worth, Ringo? What do you got?" Yeah. He's like, "Oh, Howard, I'm loaded. I've I've got 300, 400 million. He's like, "I don't even know how much I'm worth, Howard. I'm loaded. Yeah. I'm loaded." <laughs> of course, he is. Because <laughs> you know, yeah. Howard Howard's obsessed with all that stuff with stats and like what the Beatles are worth and how much money they've made. And, uh, well, obviously Ringo would have made the least of of all of them. Yeah, I got uh, not that he wasn't a talented guy, but uh, yeah. I, I worked I worked with Rob Schneider. Um, yeah, just before the lockdown, a, a really really nice guy, and he was he's like uh, he goes, I am the poorest of the rich guys in my group. <laughs> he's talking about Sandler, you know, David Spade. A spade and uh yeah that, that uh, whole, kevin james whole, mm, that whole clan and i said uh i wasn't i would never ask him what he's oh. worth i'm like i'm like well okay yeah. uh, to be the poorest though. in that group you're still doing pretty well and, and he he threw a figure at me said like 25 million i'm like wow okay i was I, yeah. I don't i don't know i don't know where it came from you know <laughs> but, uh mike tells me the beatles put out 12 at studio albums 12 studio album Ringo's got 18. <laughs> well, yeah, well, Ring, uh, Sir Paul eclipsed a billion in net worth like in the yeah. last few years, even after the uh, divorce from Eileen. Um, you know, <laughs> Peg, we call oh. it Peg short for Peg Leg and then Eileen. Yeah. <laughs> I did a joke. I did a joke about her because she was on Dancing with the Stars back in oh boy. like 08. Oh right after right after they divorced and i was and the, and i remember and the audience was kind of like kind of percolating when i said her name and dancing with the stars i'm like look you know where this joke is gonna go okay <laughs> and you and you were just like me you wanted to see that thing come flying off when she did a twirl you know hit one of the judges in the head you're like oh we got to mark her down for that one dave <laughs> and you know what you can make that joke she she made off with millions of paul mccartney's money she did millions. She, she did. didn't. And write. You never heard of her. You never heard she didn't of her write again. Yesterday. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So Mike's telling well, me well, McCartney you know. is the wealthiest rock star in the world globally. He's worth one point two billion. One point two billion. I'm gonna say. Uh, I've, I've been a huge Elton John fan all my life, and I and I like to keep up on what he's worth for some odd reason, but. Um, I want to say he's at half a billion. He's like 500 million, something like that. Yeah, that wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me. He's, he's been yeah. in the game a long time. Yeah. And iconic. I mean, just Lion King alone, man. Just the Lion oh King God. soundtrack alone. 
Yeah, you know, I read an article one time about ten years ago where uh, you know he's got, I think he's got like ten houses, a dozen houses around the world, and his flower bill, his flower bill for these homes was two hundred thousand a month. What? That's, that's sickening. You know, he's not he's not even in them, but yeah. he's got flowers being delivered to them. Well, at least the maids there will have nice aromatherapy. I guess while they're cleaning his Lion King themed sheets in his mansion, you know, I I always loved Elton because uh, he came out in 1976 when that was should have been the death knell for his career. Right. Right. But he just came out in a Rolling Stone interview and said, yeah, you know, what of it? He says, it might ruin my career. I don't care. And it did nothing to his career because that, you know, it was like. And the guy's always been open and upfront and he's raised, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars for AIDS. I just, uh, I like the way he conducts himself. Yeah. He's well, he's authentic to who, who he is. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the word. Authentic. He's not not fronting. Yeah. And you know, who else is authentic? Who's, who's all over the news right now, who I'm just totally here for is uh, Caitlin. I'm all about Caitlin. (laughs) Caitlin. Yeah. I'm so here for that dude. Like, yeah. I'm here for make her go- make her governor. I mean, come on, what do we got to lose? I, it couldn't be worse. It can't be worse. I mean, I, the thing if I, you know, in our lives, you know, we have friends that are uh, and friends and family that you know don't quite that haven't you know gotten on board with the fact that people transition. People are so uncomfortable in their own bodies that they make the decision to to change their sex. Right? Yeah. And you try to talk to these people and they're like, oh, what's the matter with these? I said, well, I'll tell you what's the matter with it. They've lived in, in, in Caitlyn Jenner's case, she lived something like 65 years, in, uh, you know, just co- being completely uncomfortable with the person she was. So if you are at that level uh, and, and you make that bold choice, you know, to transition, I got nothing but respect for you. Because oh, yeah. that is that is guts like uh, I, I I can't even imagine, right? Yeah, it took guts. You're you're, you're literally in the seventies, the most famous male athlete like in the whole world for a minute. With the is it the seventy yeah. six Olympics? He won the decathlon. Yeah, as Bruce. So I was you... a fourteen year old kid, and I remember watching that. And I remember I remember asking and you know, telling my mother, "Buy me Wheaties." I yeah. want the box with Bruce Jenner I need, on it, I need you know. Bruce on there. Bruce was a specimen, six two, muscular, just my God. He he was star. he was Adonis. He was everything <laughs> you would want to be as a man, right? Right. He was the role so, model. So and yeah, yeah, and so that's that that kind of you know points up what I was saying. If you have that, and you're so uncomfortable with it because your brain and your chemistry doesn't match, right? then uh, I have nothing but respect for people who go through that. Yeah. When uh, Diane Sawyer was interviewing, she hadn't transitioned yet. So she was still Bruce. She was showed a picture of uh, Bruce, like during the Olympics and said, what's going on inside there? What are you thinking there? And Bruce Bruce is like, I'm confused, angry, sad, scared, alone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was a real, it was a real human moment. (laughs) Yeah. Adonis on the pedestal. Yeah. Gold medal winner in every event, right? That he entered. And uh, and to be that miserable. So anyway, not not to put too fine a point on it, but I guess when it comes to that 
with with people who make that change in their lives um you just man just you know stand back let them do their thing yeah they got yeah. they got more guts than uh than most people i know yeah it's a gutsy thing to do and, and now uh she's like 71 and she's running for governor did you see her on hannity that was that was everything sean yeah. I'm, I'm old i'm 71 sean i'm gonna stay in california and fight I'm going to yeah. fight for California. <laughs> she doesn't know. She has no idea what it actually means. Um, I, I don't want to see her uh, as governor of California. I've had enough with the, uh, you know, with the circus uh, politicians. I've had enough of all of that. We need serious people. These are serious times. And these are unserious people wanting to hold these high offices. Yeah. You know, from the president on down. Yeah, I mean, well, just the, just the optics of her doing it in her personal hangar just shows you yeah. the, the detachment. <laughs> well, we're here yeah. in my hangar, Sean, and yeah. I saw my other, my neighbor at his hangar, and he was packing <laughs> up his plane and moving. I said, where are you going? He said, I'm moving to Sedona. I can't look at the homeless anymore. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, you're running to be governor, and you're fucking Did nuking you just... the homeless. Exactly. It's like, okay, so I've, I've, I've spent probably way too much time uh, saying how I admire her for her courage, and I do. But now you you go to that and say, okay, now see, this is what you really are. This is what you have been She's, for all of your adult life. You've been living in La La Land, your, your and you club. don't have a yeah. clue what to do or how to do it. So just I don't know, be an advocate for trans people, whatever else. You but don't we don't need you as governor. Yeah. But Newsom, yeah, Newsom will probably hang on to power out there. I mean, the, the, the Democrats are pretty well and good with their power, their grip on power out there. COVID almost got him. But yeah, and, and it the, turned the corner at the her, right time. Hypocrisy of eating at the nice French restaurant when no one else could. You yeah. Know, just like, just yeah. like Pelosi going, to, I want to get my hair done, Bob, and I couldn't. But well, Pelosi says, hey. don't do it. And she goes out and does it. Well, big Gretch in my home state. You know yes. how I love uh, uh, me some Gretchen Whitmer. We okay? love Whitmer. I she's, do. I love her. She, I think she she's got, hot. She's got the lower end. I'd storm upper. her capital. I would storm that woman's capital. <laughs> so yeah, you're like she got the just, upper and the lower. <clears throat> the boom and the bang. <laughs> got the upper peninsula going. Upper the peninsula lower. And the I lower. love everything about her, but she she fucked up too. And I think she's governed well in a, in a really ba a bad time. No, COVID took everybody by surprise. Everybody was just trying to feel their way through it. Uh, she just got popped, you know, like a week ago, doing having a non-distanced dinner in Lansing. And people took pictures of it and she had to apologize. And it's like, lady, haven't you learned? Hasn't everybody learned? Just don't be hypocritical. Just don't. Why, is, uh, Mich is Michigan still pretty locked down or...? No, no, no. But uh, they haven't uh, they haven't um, allowed more than 50 percent capacity. Oh, okay. and at these tables that they were at, it was they were right next to each other. And there was more people and, than you're supposed to have at a table. Yes, yes. Okay. Which doesn't mean anything right now because no. we're all getting vaccinated. But but she should have known better. And it's like, look, you're you're Gretchen Whitmer. You think people don't have iPhones that are going to take pictures oh. of you every yeah, time they see you? All eyes are going to be on you. Yeah. Yeah, we just we went to um, down to Cambridge on Saturday night because Laura came home from D.C. with her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. we, we all met the boyfriend, which was What's great. What's his name? Uh, Fortune. Fortune. What a great Fortune. name, man. Yeah. No, wow. he's a cool, cool guy. He uh, he immigrated here from Nigeria three years ago. And mm -hmm. um, 
you know, we inst instantly clicked. He's got a great sense of humor and he had seen all of Mike and I, our comedy and all of our videos and impressions. Yeah. So he's, he's like, I want to meet the president. I was like, fortune, so good to meet you. I'm going to make you ambassador to Nigeria. Okay. I will. <laughs> yeah. We're going. No, he, he didn't want to be ambassador to Nigeria. He probably wants to be ambassador to uh, France or something. He's <laughs> only been gone for three years. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we ate a really nice French bistro in um, Cambridge called Colette and we could only sit six at a table. So we had to right. do two separate I tables. I saw those pictures. Yeah. But if we were with Whitmer or the governor, we could have 20 at our table, no problem. Yeah, you could, yeah, because uh, Gretchen, well, she she thought she had it all going her way. Yeah. But anyway, and I still could, like her. Oh, yeah. What's not to like? She'll, she'll be on a ticket one of these times. She's, she's got I a pretty so. she's, got a good um, future. She's, uh, if, if, uh, I, if McCain had not, I wonder sometimes, though, I say this, and then I sort of doubt myself other times. I always thought if McCain hadn't picked Bubblehead Palin or some, and picked, picked another female, but a serious, uh, smart one, he, he would have had a shot against Obama. Uh, people just looked at it as a gimmick and went, what, what the hell is she? Shut up, woman. You know, you, you don't belong on the national stage. You don't know. She, she was, she was uh, a less uh, uh, cantankerous Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know. A little more refined, a little more polished. Yeah. A little yeah. less unhinged. So then I think uh, it, was, it was Obama's time, no matter who they put up against him. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, so she could fill that, uh, fill that slot. She could have been, uh, could have been, could have been Biden's running mate. I don't know. But she was vetted. But they went with yeah. they went with Kamala, who basically called Biden a segregationist in the debates a few months before. <laughs> and then when she, she's under consideration, I, I love Biden. He's great. He's yeah. awesome. Yeah. He's, he's progressive. All this shit. Well, how great is it that we're finding out that Jill told Kamala to go fuck herself? Oh, that's <laughs> that is. <laughs> I love that. It's everything. Oh yeah, yeah. The the behind the scenes man, they're all the, the claws are always out and it's it's petty. It's like high school. I mean, you know, my, my girl Tulsi said after she left Congress, she did Joe Rogan. She's like, Joe, it is, it's like high school. Politics yeah. is, is high school. People don't really progress past that mostly. Yeah. And it's clicky and and like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's not, that's it's, a, it's a sad state of affairs. It's not a surprise. And then we, we got we got Lori Lightfoot out in Chicago, Mayor, yeah. Mayor Beetlejuice, you know. Yeah. Didn't <laughs> she didn't she just say she's only giving interviews to people of color? Yeah, for the anniversary of her inauguration, she's um, only basically granting interviews yeah, to people of color. So white reporters um, do not apply. OK, all right. Well, <laughs> so this this promise to govern for everybody. All right. Yeah. They yeah, step well, in it, don't they? Yeah, yeah it's just, it, it's, I don't even know what to say about it. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's absurd. And it's, it's that kind of uh, dumb shit stuff that will make her a one-termer. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, well, I don't she know. Looks, she looks like a Batman villain too. Baggy clothes. And <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely villain looking, but she looks like Beetlejuice too, though. <laughs> Mayor, Mayor Beetlejuice. Um, so what uh, what's on the uh, uh, coming down the pipe for you? Do you have any shows uh, scheduled outside of Michigan or are you just performing yeah. in Michigan mm -hmm. right now? Well, right now, Michigan is uh, opening up. Well, it's it's been opening up, but uh, as of July 1st, it goes to completely full capacity. We're at 50 percent now. 
And uh, I just did, um, where was I? The Comedy Cabana down in uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, was a, that was a very fun weekend. That was uh, kind of tired with a lot of shows, seven shows. Um, and you never know what you're going to get at a resort town, you know, because nobody's from there. And uh, the crowds are just so different one from the other that uh, you're always kind of, you know, shifting. Uh, you're, you're doing a little bit of log rolling up there, you know. But it was fun, you know, it was great to be back on a plane and going out of town. Um, I've got, uh, I just did um, the Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase here locally. Headline that, had a lot of fun, got a new uh, tape out of that. Um, in July, there is a great uh, newer club here called One Night Stands, which is in Waterford, Michigan. Uh, good friend of mine, Mike Green, runs that. And that's gonna be fun, probably four shows. Um, and uh, we have uh, uh, the usual, uh, you know, uh, Zanies in Chicago, you know, for a, a one-nighter there. Um, a lot of uh, Indiana, Ohio, uh, just to uh, just to keep the calendar filled, you know. Awesome. So you're 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 getting booked and you're getting busy. Yeah, and I've purposely turned down a lot of out-of-state stuff because I got a lot of stuff going on around here. I've got, I'm doing sort of double duty with the two careers. Uh, but in, uh, in the fall, I'll be out uh, in Vegas again. I'll be on the West Coast um, waiting for the bookings uh, for my agency there. And, uh, you know, I'll, I post them on the website and people around the country, you can come see me. Uh, any of those. Uh, Texas, uh, I'm, I will be in Arkansas, I believe, in like August. I don't know the club yet. I think it's... Uh, bonkers maybe um <laughs> these are the places we work uh, go bananas <laughs> that's another that's another name Ar of the club arkansas is that where you, your old man's from originally yes yeah okay yeah, so do you, dad, do you have uh, any family from... there on your dad's side still there yeah i do um i have some cousins and i have some people in and around newport arkansas they're uh successful business people down there and i my my, my father was born in a little town called tuckerman and uh, my grandfather was actually uh, the prototypical sharecropper, you know, the, the, the grandfather that the politicians like to talk about, you know, right. bootstraps, the whole bit. This, this man built his own house. I, what? You know, you're working in the field, literally, you're, you're planting and, and harvesting crops during the day, and then you're building a house at night for your family to live in. That's a that's a ballsiness. That's a uh, that's a manliness that I, I don't I couldn't even aspire to. You know. No, no. I have to take my trash out to the dumpster, and I'm like, wow, this is this is hard knocks right here. <laughs> yeah, I'm winded. I'm winded. Bring it, bring it the oh, trash can. I also got to deal with the, the cantankerous old couple who uh, live downstairs. Who every time someone comes to visit Mike and I, if they park in our driveway, they leave a nasty note on their windshield. If you don't <laughs> if you don't live here, don't park here. Like my mom came the other night, and they. They did that on her, uh, left, left her a nice nasty note on really? the car. Yeah. You know, they're, well, why would they do that? It's not her spot or their spot, is it? Yes. And, and the policy here, we're allowed to have visitors park in our parking lot. You know, they, mm -hmm. they're, they're almost 90, but they don't have a lot. Uh, they don't have a lot going on. See if you could read that, Bob. Yeah. Is, this, is that, is that, a, if you don't live here, do not park here. <laughs> I love it. Oh. Can That's you imagine real. That... getting halfway through that writing that note and still thinking it's a good idea to finish it? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. 
it's uh yeah and then and then i was uh, i have a park here that i've been walking in um behind the apartment and the old yeah. ladies saw me coming back walking back and she's like why are you walking so much and i just looked at her yeah. i'm like because i'm fat and i need exercise and i just walked away <laughs> <laughs> just, just say I need exercise. Fuck off, lady. Yeah, and I, I went, I went because I'm fat. I need exercise. <laughs> and what, and what, what, what possesses somebody to say, "Why are you?" Don't say anything. What, what a question is that? And you, oh, and I you, had one today. I have a big, you know, my dog Hannibal, right? Oh yeah, big old, yeah, big old. He's a big old newfie. Big right? old newfie. Because what else would we have, cuz? So I'm walking him in town. And it would just, it just happened today. I, and I have to get him out before it, the day gets hot because then he won't walk anything over 70. So it's like 58, 59, I'm walking him through town. And some lady passes us and goes, could you have gotten a bigger dog? God, no smile in her voice. No, you know, it was like, wh why would you say that? Is yeah. that all you got? That's, <laughs> that's it. That's, that's what you want to contribute to the world today. Yeah. So I Thanks. tripped her. I did. <laughs> and Hannibal and I stood there and laughed. And then Hannibal pissed on her. <laughs> you know, it's, oh, it's, he would have. Yeah, because because they're old, I I give them a pass. I have a soft spot in my heart for the elderly. You know. Yeah. And for a time, I was kind of grooming them to be my new grandparents. Like you know, when I when they first moved in, they were really nice, and I said hi to them, and I went in, you know, I went in and visited with them a couple times just to hear their story. Like I like to ask people, well, not ask them directly, but figure out what year they're born, because that's the way my brain works. Because I love history. And then I connect it to historical events and ask them about right, it, and right, get right, their take yeah, on it. Because yeah. I just, yeah. you know, I love history and it's how my brain works. So, you know, I'm like, wow, I'm I'm 34 and I'm sitting here talking to a human who's 86 years old. So that yeah. means they had, you know, 50 years of experience before I was even around. And yeah, I'm always interested in that kind of stuff. But then it's there were some cracks, man. Some things started happening and the nasty, the nasty notes. And I have friends <laughs> coming to visit and. <laughs> They're, they're like the like the parking Gestapo now and, and... <laughs> hey hold on youngster I gotta I gotta turn on some lights in here otherwise you're gonna oh. be interviewing a, a brick wall hold on yeah okay yeah the cat the castle wall the Transylvania castle wall at October Park yeah how's that is that a little better oh it's so much okay. better in, in in this light Bob you just I look feel better I'm having a good hair day oh what yeah Bob Bob's a, yeah. Bob's a fox he's a He's a hottie. I'll bring, I'll bring Bob, I'll bring it to the gun range anytime. We can go shoot at the gun range anytime, yeah. Bob. Infowars.com. Oh, yeah, yeah. Except I'm getting old. I got, I don't know what, I get this going. I got the turkey neck going. Where the fuck did that come from? The gillet. The gillet. <laughs> well, um, you wake up to that one morning and go, hey, what the hell just happened here? How? Yeah. Knocking <laughs> on. <only> 28. <laughs> and that's looking in the mirror at my ass, you know? <laughs> But yeah, oh, we all got something, man. I, I, I give the old people the pass. They're, they're fun. But that's what we got going on at Peterborough, man. That's that's the kind of shit that's going down around these parts. Uh, really? They're they're being intrusive and rude like that. It's just is it just the old people or are they are the whippersnappers yeah, coming at you? No, it's just it's just the old people, man. They're the parking Gestapo because they don't really have anything else going on. You know, you're <laughs> you're looking at the clock, you're you're waiting for your ticket to get punched. And while I'm yeah. while I have a little bit of time left, I might as well hassle people about parking. And they and it really is true. I mean, uh, we're not the ones that made this joke. This was years and years ago, but they have no filter. Old people literally have no filter anymore. They don't give a shit. And why should they? They're 80. You know, what are we going to no. do? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember one time, uh, uh, grandma, your aunt, um, yeah. my, my dad's mom 
we were mm-hmm. at we were at uh, Auntie Annie's boyfriend's place, and, and he had a pool in his house, and we were all there swimming in the pool, and my grand grandma was in the pool with us, you know, we, in the shallow end, we didn't go to the deep end. That's, that's dangerous waters there with, with a woman in her eighties. And yeah. uh, <laughs> my dad, my dad was like, just doing, doing the, uh, the backstroke. And my grandma was like, Oh, Tony, you're, you're a porpoise. <laughs> you're, a por- <laughs> you're a, you're a, you're a porpoise. <laughs> no filter. <laughs> no filter. No. And then, and then uh, grandpa, uh, your, your former uncle, John, John Jackman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, uh, when Mike and I would bring friends to the, the house in Hudson, um, he would, he would, uh, in his new accent, sound like a pirate. He would look at us and look at our friends and go, boy, why are your friends so skinny? And you boys are so fat. What's with that, boy? <laughs> boy and, What's with uh, that, boy? And Tony would come and he'd be like, boy, Tony, you look like you're pregnant, boy. <laughs> you're looking pregnant there, boy. <laughs> You're a pregnant feller. <laughs> my dad just adored him, not because of that, but because he was the consummate salesman. He was always selling. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Your grandfather. I mean, he was always selling. Just go, go, go. And uh, they got along really well because of that. Yeah. Well, uh, Grandpa, he, he ran a meat packing plant in the hood in Dorchester in Boston in the mm-hmm. 70s. And uh, my dad worked there for a bit, you know, for slave. I don't even think he was paid. He was he was a slave there. And um, <laughs> so he did that. And then he sold light bulbs. Yeah, there was there was always wheeling and dealing, yeah. whether, whether it was meat or light bulbs. Yeah. You know, it's funny, too, because I remember um, think, you know, I remember reading uh, Death of a Salesman long, long time ago and thinking of your grandfather. Not that, you know, he and Willie were the same guys, but he was selling up and down the East Coast all the yeah. time just like the willie loman character <laughs> yeah just and he, and he drove a uh, station wagon just always packed with lights you couldn't even see out the back of it it was a total yeah. safety hazard yeah <laughs> it's a miracle he never caused any pileups on the mass pike but but he did what he wanted to do man yeah he was he was he, he made his living his way and you got i love that you gotta yeah. admire that yeah the, the entrepreneurial spirit yeah all of all of my dad and his siblings have that. I mean, the only, only one of them worked for, uh, had a boss. I mean, Kathy worked at Harvard for years. She actually just retired. Mm. Kathy's retired. Harvard, and, huh? Yep. She's almost 70 and she's all done. So I'm happy for her. She doesn't well, have to yeah. go into Harvard anymore with those knuckleheads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the rest of them are, are, you know, carpenters, contractors, salesmen, um, you know, Annie and Paul do chiropractic. And, yeah, uh, I know. So that, that, that's kind no, of that's, do those two do they they don't have they're not working the same uh practice are they they have separate practices well they are now actually and they got a, oh they're they've teamed up all yep, right yep they got a practice going and uh network energetics it's called and it's yeah, it's going oh, it's wonderful. going well okay yeah yeah it's 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 cool to see you know twins twins working together yeah <laughs> we're always fascinated to see mike and i like wow you guys are twins and then not only do you live together but you like you do comedy together and you work together and you like each other i'm like yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't understand other twins who don't get along or hang out or i don't yeah. know <laughs> well you know what it's funny uh I, I hate to you know just talk about our family uh hey this when, is my podcast uh... we can talk about okay. our family. this is about the soul of america well, we... I think uh, 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 pretty much all of us on uh, the the side, the Phillips side, the Jackman side, everybody gets along with each other within the family. There's not, there aren't these decades-long feuds. There aren't these crazy throwdowns that go on. 
and I don't know how that happened, but I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. It's, it's really, um, it's really cool to know that we have uh, on grandma's side, the Culleton side, all these big mm-hmm. families that are the scattered fer- around. The ferals are the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So I, exactly. So I know anytime I visit New York, you know, I can see some of them and, you know, mm-hmm. obviously it came out to see you in Michigan. And then um, I know you have some family that are in Call. There's some Phillips in Colorado, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, if you're ever out that way in the mountains. Yeah. You, gotta, like play, you got a place by. Or you got a place, you got a fish dinner bar in a place for you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the ferals the are great. Dinner. Yeah. The, oh, the fish dinner is so important. And um, yeah, anytime I, I can. I, what's that? I rebelled against the fish dinners because, you know, my mother, um, she's uh, your grandmother's sister. Uh, she gave us fish a lot. I mean, there was eight of us, you know, so fish is kind of cheap, you know, if you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not serving salmon, you know, <laughs> it's uh, cod. It's just a, bio, a, big, it's a pi- uh, pile of white salt, basically. <laughs> exactly. And so I, I got raised on that and I vowed never to eat fish when I became an adult. And so whenever I go out to dinner, people are like, oh, you're going to get the salmon. I'm like, what the fuck? Are you yeah. kidding me? Absolutely I not. want. I, if it doesn't have hooves or a beak, no, I don't want fish. That's why you've gravitated towards steak and built an empire around reviewing steakhouses. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because you're adverse to fish. empire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Sal and Bob show. How's that going? You guys, you guys are still going every week, right? Mm-hmm. Going every week. Yeah. We're going to be recording another one uh, later tonight after, after this. Uh, yeah. It's going good. We've got um, 50,000 downloads uh over the course of a couple years and uh you know it's not that's not joe rogan's numbers but it's steady we have um our listeners around the world they it grows a little bit every week Mm -hmm. you know we got it we got a bunch of listeners in ireland we got like 4500 regular listeners in ireland really Uh, nice yeah yeah and 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 uh a lot um uh, in uh, in Spain, I what I don't get that not a lot, but but mostly uh, down like uh, Australia. I think we have eight thousand there. It's it's a wow. I don't understand it, uh, but we're grateful for it. So yeah, it's 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 awesome. I mean, and, and we're doing Jackman Radio. We try to do it once a week, and um, yep. I got like a <clears throat> I got a really nice message actually on LinkedIn from an old college friend who I hadn't talked to in years who I had no idea was a listener. And he just shot me a message to say, Hey man, I've been listening to your show and I really like it. You guys are funny. And it, I, I had to drive a lot for work today and it's what I had on and you had me laughing yeah. the whole time. So it's nice to hear that, isn't it? It is really nice to hear that. It makes, it makes you feel good and it, it makes kind of makes it feel, feel worthwhile. Yeah. yeah. We get that too. And it's nice to hear just that, what, what, what that uh, fella said to you. I, I turn, I put it on on my way to work and I listen to half of it there and half of the way back. It's my ritual. It's nice. Yep. To, and I got another, I got a, another couple people that told me they, they go fly fishing and they listen to it while they're fly fishing. <laughs> it's uh, kind of a soo- Zen. Uh, I was going to say, them. it's very soothing to have funny man in their ear while they're just throwing out some lines. <laughs> well, you know, I haven't been very funny today. I'll be honest with you. I just do this kind of old home. week talking to my cuz. Oh. Um, you can oscillate in and out, you know, and that's the thing about like our, my podcast is obviously my brother and I are very political, but we try to do a little bit of everything that we like that we're into. So 
last week I had on a couple of really big like political people. I had Abby Martin on, who was a pretty well-known mm-hmm. independent journalist. She had a show on RT for three years. And I had her on because I wanted to talk about Gaza and Palestine. And she's, you know, really, really well versed on that issue because she's been over there. She released a documentary called Gaza Fights for Freedom. And um, when when all the shit was popping off, I'm like, I got to talk to Abby Martin. I don't know how I'm going to do mm-hmm. it, but I need to get her on my podcast. And you did. And I got her on. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. And um, you have another guest. Uh, is it Ryan? I don't know. What's his first name? Yeah, the Ryan, Epstein. Yes. I had Ryan Dawson on last night and we did an hour and 20 minutes, just pretty much all about Epstein. And uh, cool. Yeah, I got I don't know. I'm going to watch that one. So as as we're done with the, the Sal and Bob show, by the way, uh, my show partner is just coming in. Come on in, Sal. Yeah. Bring Sal in. Get, get him up here. Yeah, yeah. Get big old Sal up here. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take these earbuds out now so we can both hear. Hold yeah, on. yeah, I can both hear you. But yeah, definitely. So are we on now? Hey, yeah. there he is. Yeah. Who is Sal, what's it's up, Eric. man? Hey, Eric. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Yeah, we got no volume here. I don't know. Good, bud. I'm doing great, Eric. How you doing, man? I'm awesome. You know, I was just shooting the breeze here with Cuz. Good man. We were. We were yeah. talking Sal, about Sal brought the wine. We're gonna have, gonna... we're gonna be uncorking that in a little bit. I was gonna say, oh man, and, uh, to twist off. I'm cheap. <laughs> It's uh, Ar- so Arbor, Arbor Mist. I'll here and uh, right, we'll, good, we'll wrap Good to see up. you, buddy. Hey, you too, Sal. We'll see you, man. You too. <laughs> we, we look like those two old guys on uh, the Muppet Show. Up in, the- <laughs> in the balcony? <laughs> balcony, yeah. Hello. What are you doing? Hello. Hey. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah. Well, it's, oh. good to, it's good to be on the show, finally. So when are you coming to town? Yeah, we 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 gotta we gotta knock down nail down a time. I want to get out there. Um, All right, we'll do. I mean, we'll it do sounds, that. We'll sounds do like that you're pretty busy there. with shows, but yeah, but uh, there's uh, I always uh, keep at least one weekend open per month because I just got to recharge, man. It's yeah. hard, to, you know. I know okay. there's a lot of guys out there. Not you know. Sorry, that sounds sexist. A lot of people. Um, working really hard now that the country's open up they're working you know four weekends a month and they're doing one-nighters in between and they're doing you know you got a you got a 30-day month and you're doing uh 40 shows figure that one out yeah that's a lot yeah so that's a lot i don't do that i gotta i gotta be homebound at least one week a month yeah well you know i got my normie day job and yeah we're just we're doing a live podcast july 9th that's our next live show Okay. And what are you, where are you doing it? You're going to do it at a theater. You're going to do it at a club. So we're doing do it at this cool place called the Nova arts center in Keene, um, New Hampshire. And it's a performance space that's in like a coffee house in a bar. Oh, and, uh, nice. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're really, it's a new, it's a new place. They just opened up. So they have like live music there. They have comedians, poetry, that kind of stuff. And, um, our, our home brewery here in Peterborough, Post and Bean Brewing, is sponsoring the show. So we're really excited about that. All right. Well, that's so going to, when you come to town, uh, I know the perfect place for us. We're going to go to the Ebenezer, which is a, uh, a speakeasy oh. in Plymouth, Michigan, which is uh, right next door. That sounds About amazing. a five mile drive. Yeah. Oh, oh it's, uh, you still got it's the a caddy? club. You still got hmm? the funny man caddy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll hop <laughs> in the funny, be without it. We'll hop in the funny man caddy and make our way over. Or, or we'll funny Uber. Man drives we'll, nothing but caddies. Or we'll Uber, depending on, on how much uh, how many Fran Hattons we have. It better be a goddamn caddy or that Uber driver's not getting paid. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, today is like day 64. Last time we talked, I was just starting my no drinking thing. 
So okay, and you're day sixty four now. I'm on day sixty four. I'm doing three months sober, and I okay. have a, I have a target date June twelfth. I'm actually going out on Boston Harbor with Mike and our friend Dave, and our cousin Marcel, who's Kathy's son. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever met Marcel, but uh, mm, he's got a he's got a boat, and we have like a tradition every year. We go out in Boston Harbor with him and watch the planes fly in and out of Logan, and okay, pack you know fifty, sixty beers in a so, cooler. So let me ask you this: You're on day sixty-four. Um, I mean, you obviously feel better. I know I would if I didn't drink as much as I do. What what's uh, what are the benefits so far? I mean, I'm sleeping better. Um, yeah, no hangovers. <laughs> um, you know, no, no puking, you know, if you do like yeah. a real, real hardcore bender and then you puke the next day, um, I've lost like 25 pounds. Oh, that's wonderful. Just not, yeah. Just not boozing. So, yeah. Uh -huh. Um, yeah, I'm just calmer and my anxiety is pretty, uh, not, not that I really have a lot of anxiety, but you know, we call it hangxiety after a big, big mm. drinking. Yeah, it's, everything's everything's worse when you're hungover. Just, you're just like, fuck, man, I'm not leaving this bed. Like, <laughs> I'm not leaving the bed. I, I'm just going to have a bucket here. In the, I'm not even going to go to the bathroom. I'm just going to have a bucket. But um, no, both just, ends. Oh, yeah, yeah, both ends. But uh, no, I just I feel better and, um, you know, clearer. Good. But but I'll tell you, there's been a few moments, man. Dinner Saturday night in Boston. I was watching my Uncle John. And um, my uncle Brian pouring these beautiful green bottled beer, French beers in a glass. Oh, yeah. There's just something about the beer being poured at an angle yeah. and the nice yeah. head settling <laughs> on top. And I was like, oh my God, I want one of those right now. <laughs> yeah. But I well, what, what, what's I the significance of 90 days? Is this just a, a nice uh, target for you, a good goal? Yeah, it was just so I, I need to have like a number. I can't just say, oh, I'm not yeah. going to drink indefinitely. I need to have something. Uh, here, I'll show you. I have a, I have a countdown. I just, I mark, I mark each day. Okay. That's and I, great. And I punch it. So I'm at, I'm at the, yeah, today is, uh, yeah, 64 days. So okay. I figured, cause we, we, we put the, on the, the, the boating day on the schedule for June 12th. And when I decided to go sober for a bit, it was going to be like 90 days, 85, 90 All right. days. So, so 90 days comes, what do you do on 91? Do you go on, you, do you go on a bender or do you just sip a beer and see how you feel? I mean, is there going to be like a, a reward for you after this? Or do you well, feel the, like you're already getting the reward? Yeah. Well, the, the, just to prove to myself, I can have some self-control and, and, and not do it is a victory for me and to keep my word, you know, cause I'm, I'm not like out yelling at people that I'm not drinking right now, but people notice when you're out and you don't have a beer in front of you. Yeah. Like, What's up, Eric. You all right, man. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, no, I'm just taking, taking uh, three months off. So, you know, now how about if, near beer? Would, would you, would you drink like an O'Doul's? Like an O'Doul's or a St. Paulie's girl. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a non-alcoholic beer. I'd try it though. I get, I um, guess Kla Klaus Holler. Klaus Holler is the closest I've, uh, had to a real beer it's got actual taste okay yeah i mean yeah. I might and, try a, and a buck uh, what's it in a buck uh i can't uh, i can't think of the name now but but the 12th yeah, the, Ju uh, june 12th the day of the regatta when we go out on the boat i will i will have probably have a lot of beers and uh, I well think, I watch what, yourself I, yeah i will i'll pace myself but i think what the plan is um so i'm doing that and then i don't know if i told you i'm going to hawaii in august no, you didn't tell me that. Yeah, I'm taking a big vacation, man. I'm going to unplug. Okay, now Chelsea is uh, going to be uh, 
on your uh, visitation schedule, I'm sure. I, I hope so. Yeah, if she's around, I definitely would, you know, want to meet oh up. Oh, my God. Go, go out. You're going out to Hawaii. You have to see Tulsi. Yeah, I, I hope so. I haven't talked to her about it yet. But, uh, you know, I obviously know her and a bunch of other people from the campaign who are out there. So there's yeah. a good amount of people I could see. Um, I just I don't know about getting around island to island. I'm going to Kauai. Yeah. Okay. And, um, I don't know. I know what, nothing about Hawaii. I don't know what that means. Is that a big <laughs> island, small island? I don't know. I think Kauai is the most north island in the chain. And okay. then, um, yeah, I need to do more homework on it. But I, I don't know. Like, I'd have to get on an island hopper, like a little plane. And then I don't know. You have to have a negative test for COVID to go to other islands. So I got to kind of figure all that out. Well, did you but, get uh, vaxxed? Uh, I have not. I have you not. You have not? You plan on it or you, you're just going to? We're gonna, take we're gonna chance. We're gonna wait it out, see how things go. Okay. okay. I've been I've been pretty uh cautious and followed guidelines and, and everything. Yeah. And, um but um so yeah, we're gonna obviously uh, I had to I had to do a test. Uh, I was in a music video with Mike back in November, and to get on set for the music video, we had to show a negative test. So mm -hmm. I have no problem doing that. I'll do the test, show a negative test, no problem. Mm -hmm. Um but um yeah, that's that's in August. So my thinking is I'll let it rip on June 12th and then I'll just stay dry. And then maybe in Hawaii, have some drinks. And then my uh, my buddy's wife is having a baby, so she's not able to drink right now. So last night I kind of we kind of joke with each other. I was like, hey, after after uh, my trip, I'll, I'll stay sober with you in solidarity until you have your baby in January. <laughs> <laughs> so to have well, you know, I mean. I think it's a great thing you're doing. Uh, yeah. You know, drinking has drinking has never done anything good for anyone ever. You know? it's, it's fun. It's it's so damn it's, fun. It's, well, it is fun, but you know, I mean, but we always, I mean, I, I Sal and I say this all the time. We have never, we have never done a Sal and Bob show completely sober. Never. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it doesn't mean we're falling down drunk. But oh, there, we always have a little too much wine or whatever some, it is. There's some drinking. lubricant there for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, joke we, juice. We, yeah, and, and Mike and I have only trashed two Jackman Radio episodes due to overconsumption. <laughs> two of them. You've only trashed two of them. Did, yeah. Are they up? Are they? Uh, can I hear these? <laughs> oh, no, no, those those belong to time. The, the, the Russians might have them. The Russians might have them, but. Um, <laughs> We went back and listened, and they were so cringe and so incoherent, and and oh, oh. so ba so bad, dude, that I didn't want anyone hearing them. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I <laughs> there's a couple episodes that uh, our producer Nate Armbruster uh, will like if we if we'll do it like on a Friday because we want to get a couple in the can. We'll do Friday and we'll do Sunday. I don't completely remember. Not not that we're falling down drunk, but I don't completely remember what we did or what was the format. You know. What, what was the highlights? And then I listened to the edited version of it and go, I don't remember saying any of that shit. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. We had a, we I'm had looking a over at Sal now. He's nodding. He's like, yeah. And, and today's episode will be just like that. He's like, you know what? I don't remember that either, Bob. That was a great night. <laughs> we've done, we've done remote episodes. Like we, we did one at the Kenosha comedy club in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And, um, I was yelling at people all weekend on stage there. Are you rioters? I don't want any rioters in this audience. And uh, the owner got mad at me. And I listened to that live show we did afterward and went, damn, I wish I could remember most of that. <laughs> but whatever. 
Yeah. Hey, man. It's in the can. It belong. It belongs to the gods now. It belongs. It belongs to time. It belongs to time now. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, we'll have to do this again, Bob. Man, this was fun. I, you know, I appreciate. You. I hope we can. Take- I'll be funnier next time. I just wanted to catch up. Yeah. Well, that, not every podcast is going to be, you know, a uh, a barn burner. Um, it's a great form to just talk. So you, so you're telling me this this particular episode sucked is what you're no, saying. I'm saying I'm saying on my end I, I was not funny. I didn't bring any heat today. I just wanted to talk today. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I no, wanted to talk to my cuz. It's been a while. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Well, yeah, I do I want, we want to get out there to Michigan, man, and see you and um we'll we'll have Anytime, to man. we'll have to nail something. Just let down me know the dates. Out we'll there put you down. October Park. All right. Well, tell everyone uh, where they where they can find you, Bob, and follow you and support your work. Okay. What's that, Sal? Yeah, Eric and Mike are going to be coming to Detroit soon. Sal is asking from the other room. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants to have a cigar with you, not a drink. But we'll maybe it'll be after your. Uh, you know, oh, I mean, if I'm, days, if I'm coming but... to Michigan, yeah, we can we can uh, we'll, we'll drink we'll drink for that. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll smoke a black and mild. Yeah, I'll get some backwoods and some swisher space. <laughs> so uh, what's going on? You can catch me on uh, at bobphillipscomedy.com. Um, you can check me out at Twitter at Bob the Suit. Uh, check me out uh, with uh, my show partner, Sal D'Amelio, at Sal and Bob Show. That's on Facebook and Twitter. You can check Sally out at, at SallyD08. Um, I got a, well, it's not a new album anymore. It's a year old. It's called uh, $10 Gift Card. That's out on On Tour Records. And they're playing the hell out of it all over Sirius XM. I just got my uh, plays, uh, you know, the, the, the play document they send you every month. And uh, hundreds of plays all month. So uh, they like it. Uh, people seem to like it. And uh, come out and see, see, me, at a sh- see me at a show. Uh, I promise I won't stumble this badly. Um, check my calendar and uh, look for uh, some funny stuff. I got clips all over YouTube uh, and I got a new one. I'm going to be putting up about spirit airlines pretty soon. Oh, nice. That so there you good. go. Yeah. I'll look for that one. I'll be sure to share that one. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Well, well, awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on Bob and uh, absolutely. Cause it was thanks my every- pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. And, th- and thanks everyone for listening and checking us out, tuning in with us today. And if you haven't clicked that subscribe button on YouTube, on Spotify, on Podbean, iTunes, Apple, Twitter, I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere. Jackman Radio is everywhere. Yes, you so are. Yes, give you us, are. Give us a follow and a like and a subscribe, and um, we'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>